Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is a Victory Tuesday. I am partying. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, but nothing bad about my day except for my initials. And KT Smith is with me as well. We are the host of Here We Go, the Steelers show. And Kevin, I'm just going to ask you the question. We happy? Oh, heck yeah, man. What a what a great way to end up our, our Thanksgiving weekend, man. That was That was very satisfying. I think any... Any Steelers fan uh, got what they wanted to see from the offense in uh, their first post-Matt Canada game on, on Sunday. Maybe not the points that you were hoping for, but certainly the production otherwise. So a lot to talk about there. Somebody that I used to respect on Twitter, I'm not going to bring up his name, said, hey, under Matt Canada, the Steelers had 16 point average 16.6 points. And without Matt Canada, they had 16 points. Come on now. That is that is just grasping for negativity, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, if you if you couldn't see the difference in uh, how they played and in really the, the the broader scheme, the the attack, then you're just looking to be negative, man. And you you know you just you didn't you didn't want to say it. So, I mean, hey, look, if 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 you want to be Right. If you, I guess if you want to take that standpoint and say, like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you score the points, you need to score the points, then fine. 
And obviously the, the Steelers made some mistakes that hurt them uh, in Cincinnati territory, a sack, a turnover, uh, a penalty. Those, those three self-inflicted wounds derailed three potential scoring drives. But overall, man, it, I mean, if you're not thrilled with what you saw on offense, then I feel sorry for you. Yeah, absolutely. I I really do. I I think you are just looking to troll or looking to uh you're just nothing makes you happy as far as I'm concerned if that's the thing. That means that you have deep-seated hatred for Mike Tomlin, for Kenny Pickett, for anybody else or the fans. You just want to be angry. And here's the thing. We can't be angry because if you're a Steeler fan and you were saying fire Matt Canada, isn't this what you wanted? I mean, it just for the first play of the game, right? Every Steeler fan who for the past two years has been like, why don't they throw the ball in the middle of the field? There must have been just a collective sigh of relief or if not relief, then outright joy when they saw the Steelers run a flash fake play action concept and hit Pat Fryermuth splitting the two safeties down the middle of the field for 25 yards on the first play of the game. Contrast that to the first play of the game the previous week in Cleveland when from, from their own nine-yard line, the Steelers decide to throw the ball on a slow-developing drop-back concept. They whiff on Miles Garrett, and Kenny Pickett gets clobbered for what probably should have been a safety. I mean, you can't tell me that the way that this game started didn't set him up for success by, you know, giving him a, a level of confidence uh, that was complete 180 degrees from the previous week when, when he gets clobbered on the first play of the game. And now he's immediately going to start thinking about the rush and all the old demons are going to creep in. So from the very, very first play, it was different. It was refreshing. Uh, and and it gave us hope, and that, I think, is the most exciting thing. This is something that you and I did not get a chance to talk to you before the games, before our show started, excuse me, and it's the fact that, well, Miles Garrett has an apparent arm injury. His uh, right arm is in a sling. After the game, it could be a shoulder. We're still waiting. Even on Tuesday, we're awaiting more word on this, but that's something really interesting to me because that completely takes an an A defense and knocks it down to a B minus. Right. And the Steelers are done with Cleveland, but obviously Cleveland now will have to find ways to compensate without their their best offensive players in Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson, Jack Conklin, and their best defensive player. I mean, they're just being hammered by injuries. So how much longer can the Browns, you know, c- keep their heads above water, given the fact that they have to deal with all that? Every team at this point in the season, it's week 12. Every team is dealing with major injuries. But, man, Cleveland's been hit exceptionally hard. Yes, and as we uh, as we look back, you know, that was a big loss for Cleveland in Denver as well as we're still, you know, look, we're not going to lie to you. It's Sunday. <clears throat> So we don't know what's going on with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm acting like it's Tuesday. I'm just tearing down the fourth wall. Sorry. You know, it's this is just what we know. This is Tuesday, but no, we recorded it on Sunday. And if we mentioned today, yeah, that's what happened. The Steelers did play today. So even though I called it a victory Tuesday, Kevin, I'm sorry about that. Well, it's a, it's a victory Tuesday for more reasons than one. I mean, you have 
the Steelers win. You have the Browns lose. You have the Texans lose, which is important because if they had won, they'd have the same record as the Steelers plus the tiebreaker. You have the Bills lose to the Eagles, which, I mean, the, the Eagles tie game. that game. Yeah, the Eagles tie that game on a 59-yard field goal in a driving rain with about 20 seconds left and then go on and win in overtime. I mean, it really you know, couldn't have played out any better for the Steelers the way that things uh, things turned out. And, again, you and I don't know what's going on with the Ravens game, but uh, that might – hey, that could be a, a perfect weekend for us. Absolutely, but, you know, it's – the Ravens always disappoint me, and the Los Angeles Chargers should go back to San Diego because they just stink. <laughs> so they do. Have, the San Diego Chargers did have one of the great songs of all time. San oh, you Diego, know, Diego Chargers. Super Chargers, Chargers, Chargers. <laughs> yeah, so my buddy and I, this was the year the Steelers finally won the Super Bowl back in 2005, and we went to uh monday night football and we got 350 dollars seats and for 2005 that was like break the bank you know i mean that's uh that's still expensive these days but we were six rows up on the 50 on the steelers sideline i had a hard time seeing over tight end matt kranchik's head that's <laughs> uh that's how hard it was to see being that uh, down that low and my the Steelers came back to to win but my buddies in the final seconds but my buddy and I were thinking this song is awesome yeah <laughs> yeah I mean w- will they play it if they lose and we're like well we're happy that the Steelers won but man we wanted to hear that song 80 more times <laughs> <laughs> we digress let's get back into Sunday's game <laughs> <clears throat> The uh, if you look at the uh, the current standings though, right now, as I am all over the place because I am just elated. You know the Chiefs are the number one seed right now at eight and three. You have four eight and three teams going um, right now at this point, all w- leading their divisions. But the Ravens are either going to be nine and three, and or eight and four. If they're nine and three, they're going to jump up to the number one seed just based on the fact that they haven't played a bye yet. Excuse me, had their bye yet. The Steelers right now, the way it looks, are the number one seed. Excuse me, for a wild card. They're the number one wild card. The Browns right now are number two, third in the AFC North. And believe it or not, a future opponent of the Steelers at six and five is number seven. Do you know who that is? I think it's the Colts. It's the Colts because the Texans are now on the bubble. Right. They are, uh, they are right there at number eight. The Broncos of all teams are now, they are now six and five. They're ahead of the bills who are six and six. The Bengals are in no man's land falling fast at five and six at number 11. You've got the Raiders at five and seven. Hopefully the Los Angeles chargers could be five and six at the end of the night and uh, jump up ahead of possibly the Bengals. I don't know how that would shake shake out. You've got the Titans at four and seven, the Jets at four and seven, Patriots at two and nine. But really, the Steelers, if they play good football and at least win three more games, which that seems very possible, 
they're they're definitely going to be a playoff team. Yeah, and that's why get winning on Sunday was so important. You get the split in Ohio. You and I talked about that on the show last week. We said as depressing as last week's game in Cleveland was, we were saying you come back and you win in Cincinnati, you go one and one in Ohio, you're seven and four. And now you you look at the remainder of the schedule and it sets up pretty well for the Steelers. They've got some very winnable games there. And so it was huge, obviously, for them to be able after you know making the announcement on Tuesday that that Canada had been fired to figure out a way to put that back together very, very quickly. Obviously, Mike Sullivan and Eddie Faulkner had some ideas about some things that they wanted to be able to do in that offense that they hadn't done under Canada. And none of it was revolutionary, but it's amazing how much they played to Kenny Pickett's strengths. You know, like I mentioned the the first throw of the game. I mean, it was a straight cover two. They ran four verticals against cover two uh, uh, with a clean read for Pickett, right? Your first play of the game, you figure you're not going to get any elaborate stunt. You're not going to get a great coverage disguise. The Steelers lined up in an 11 personnel set from which they run the ball a lot. And so they got a pretty static look from the Bills. And they let Pickett diagnose the coverage and, you know, make it make the right read and the right throw. And so it was a good confidence building throw. Uh, then they they really moved the pocket. They ran a lot of play action pass that gave him, again, easy throws. There's an incredible statistic coming into that game. Kenny Pickett was second in the NFL in completion percentage on play action passes at 77 percent. So obviously that's something he was doing really well. And yet the Steelers had the 30th highest frequency of play action passes. So here's the thing Pickett's doing really, really well. And under Canada, they're not doing it right. You know, like they're just, they're just third from last in the NFL in in the the number and play action frequency. And so they built more of that in, man, they really moved the pocket and got him outside more. And again, clean sight lines, easy throws. Uh, And so I think all of that helped him to be more accurate. I, you know, there were several throws where Kenny Pickett just threw dimes, man. A couple deep balls, one to Pickens, one to to Johnson. A beautiful throw on the sideline to Pat Fryermuth to convert a third and six on their touchdown drive. You know, he just he seemed more confident. He got into rhythm. He was more accurate as as a result. Uh, Twenty four out of thirty three for two hundred seventy eight yards. That's the Kenny Pickett I think that. The Steelers realized that, uh, you know, he's capable of being. And I thought that Sullivan and Faulkner, man, played to his strengths. It was great. Great to see. And that was not a bad defense for the Cincinnati Bengals, as far as I was concerned. No, man. And it's a division game, right? You know, and so obviously the Bengals, uh, you know, have a pretty good idea about tendencies. Now, granted, all everything I just said, we now we've seen this happen in the past where a team makes a change. And it lights a spark and, you know, everybody kind of gets put on notice, you know, and you're like, Oh man, they're making changes. I better step it up. And, uh, and, and, and for a week or two, you see the results and then there's the regression back to the way things had been. So obviously now the Steelers have to keep it going, but yes, you're right, man. They, they were, uh, they were up against a pretty good defense in a, in a division game and, uh, and the production was excellent. So, one of the most important plays of the game happened early to me and actually for me. And it wasn't Kenny Pickett. It was the five guys on the offensive line 
maybe a tight end thrown in there, and Najee Harris taking maybe a three-yard gain and turning it into 20. <clears throat> Do you think that fired up the team just as much? That was pretty cool to watch. Uh, I, You know, a couple little things from that play. One, watching, obviously, Najee Harris just be determined not to go down. His effort was amazing. But watching watching Broderick Jones on that play got me really excited because Broderick Jones, with, with not – you know, no knowledge of the fact that Najee Harris was still alive on that play. Uh, just kept playing to the whistle, man. He was going as hard as could be. He was, you know, locked in on his defender and, and pounding his feet into the ground and driving that dude off the ball. And eventually Harris tucked in behind Broderick Jones for about the last 10 yards. And then the third thing you saw was the number of Steelers chasing the play, which is a, a thing that I always love, especially with offensive linemen. You know, you, you want them to not stand and watch. You know, don't block for three seconds and then watch the play, man. Chase the play. You never know what's going to happen. You know, the ball might go on the ground and you might recover it or you might pick up an extra block that helps spring a, spring a, a big play. So that's that's the kind of play, yeah, man. When, when you're watching that on the sideline and you see that kind of effort, it, you, you can't help but be excited about it. I think that's one to point out. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you on that as well. You know, you cannot not be excited about that that kind of play. And I almost feel like Najee Harris was playing for his football life in this game. And it kind of makes sense. And the reason it makes sense to me <clears throat> is because people are in love with Jalen Warren. Maybe a little less after, after the fumble today. But Jalen Warren's been balling so hard. And I think you and I have said, and even Jeff Hartman, this is something that he's saying all the time too. We don't care about RB1 and RB2. We just care about results. And But I feel like Najee Harris wanted to have this kind of game to put everybody on notice that it's his job and that he is a franchise back here, whether he has to share it or not, and that uh, that he's in. But there's another guy that did not play like he was a team first. And it's none other than Deontay Johnson. Probably one of the only guys on only player that Jeff Hartman put on the loser list on winners and losers. What did you see from Deontay Johnson today? Was there anything that that made you think that this guy's not in it to win it? <clears throat> I mean, I think you're referring to the uh, the dropped touchdown that, you know, he, re he really should have corralled. And then on the very next play, him making zero effort to try to recover the fumble by Jalen Warren. And that's a guy who, I mean, one thing we try to preach to our players here uh, at Ocean City High School is to have a next play mentality. I mean, we, we talk about it all the time, man. Good or bad, whatever whatever happened on the last play, you made a great play, right? Don't celebrate it. Move on. You can you can watch all the highlights after the game. You can celebrate it after the game with your teammates. Uh, you got you got to line up for the next play. And the same thing is true if you make a bad play, right? You screw up, they're going to come right back after you. So you better put it out of your memory and get on to the next play. Have a next play mentality. And he sure as heck didn't on that one. He you know he should have caught that touchdown pass. I think he feels like. I don't know. Maybe he felt like the Steelers should have challenged it. They probably had a, had a case if they had challenged it. 
to get that that overturned. But clearly that was in his head because he made zero effort. He didn't he didn't come off the ball. He didn't try to block the corner. And then, you know, he gave up and turned around and walked away as the play's still going on and the ball gets knocked out of Jalen Warren's hands and comes right at him. So that's something I think, you know, Mike Tomlin will address. I doubt he'll address it publicly or even in front of the team, but privately he and Deontay Johnson, that that needs to be addressed because that's a problem. It's not the first time that Deontay Johnson has uh, gotten caught up in his emotions. I mean, last week in last week's game, uh, yeah, you know, there's reports that he and Minka Fitzpatrick had to be separated from one another going after each other after Johnson uh, threw a, a temper tantrum on the sideline at Matt Canada. So, you know, he's going to have to really, you know, get refocused, whether Tomlin has to refocus him or he can do it himself. Uh, one way or another, it's got to get done. The postgame press conferences were very important because Deontay Johnson addressed the Minka scrap. Uh, he said it wasn't a knockdown drag out ball like you're making it out to um, to be at the end of the day. He's my brother. He said that. He also said, oh, I just didn't see the fumble. But if you watch it, I watched it on a loop over and over. It was as nonchalant and disgusted as I've, uh, as you can be. And it, it was something that uh, I didn't like seeing. I thought the effort on the... Uh, I thought the effort on the what should have been a touchdown should have been better. Now, the post-game press conference with Mike Tomlin, he's like, look, it's simple. They didn't play it in stadium. We did not get a good look at it. We didn't have enough time to get a good look at it, so we didn't throw the flag. <clears throat> and that's something that I can give a pass to because it's early in the game. You just don't know. You, you don't know, and when they don't play it again in stadium, now if it's your own stadium, they're playing it again, and you have a chance to see it right away. But he did not get a chance to see it, and it sounds like I'm, I'm just really sticking up for Mike Tomlin here, but in a way I am because the other thing about this, this whole thing is Charles Davis on the broadcast, he brought it up maybe a play and a half later because they – you weren't seeing the, you weren't seeing them on TV either. You you saw the one replay and I'm like, oh, that's that's a touchdown. You challenge it. There didn't seem to be much time to challenge that that play at all. Yeah, I mean, you know, home field advantage, man. <laughs> you know, it's for it's a reason. There. Yep. Yeah. It definitely is. Let's take a quick break. We will be back right after this. We've got so much to talk about. On here we go, the Steelers show. But we got to talk about a victory, and that feels so good. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Thanks for taking a listen to those words from our sponsors. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Kevin Smith is along with me as he is, and he steals the show with, like always, every single week with great analysis. Kevin, of course, is the head coach of the Ocean City Red Raiders in Ocean City, New Jersey, and he has the coach's perspective that is a clinic every single week. So make sure you check him out here. Make sure you check him out on the fans first sports network and our YouTube channel. Now, as he breaks down plays with video replays, something really good. Is that Deontay Johnson play the, the touchdown? Is that something that you break down or is it something more of a play like Broderick Jones on the Najee Harris touchdown run that you break that you would break down more? I try to focus more on the positive, but obviously there's times where the negative's instructive. I mean, the video breakdown I did last week after the Browns game was really on the dysfunction of the offense. And and that was before we knew that Canada was getting fired. And you could really you could really see why the Steelers had had to make a change. And then the one I just did uh that that's up on our YouTube channel now is uh, you know, on the on the positive, the difference, right? Real on the the play action game and attacking the middle of the field and Pickett's accuracy and some of the good things the Steelers did in the run game. So 
you know, I, I would, I would totally much prefer to focus on the, on the positive. Sometimes though, you have to illuminate the negative as well. I ignored that Deontay Johnson play, man, because I think that that's the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, let, let's see if Mike Tomlin can fix it before we, we call more attention to it. <laughs> that's true, but there will be a lot of attention on everything that Deontay Johnson uh, perpetrated in that game. So let's go ahead and talk about the positives. And, you know, it's never fun when anybody loses their job. And I know a lot of people were were elated when Matt Canada lost his job. Um, you know, the nice thing, he does get paid for the rest of the season because he was under contract. So, you know, good he gets paid. I, I hope he finds uh, a good gig somewhere. But uh, it's uh, it's just like that. It doesn't matter where you go. You just can't stay here. And that's kind of the environment that uh, that he had cast on the offense. And when Kenny Pickett says that we just want to have more fun out there, I think the entire team was having fun. I think the defense was even inspired because the offense was playing better. So that was something that just infected the entire team in a big big way and led to the win so would you actually say and it might sound like a travesty to say this but that was probably one of the best losses in Pittsburgh Steeler history last week <laughs> yeah I mean in a way uh without that loss I mean let's say the Steelers cobbled together uh, a 16 to 13 win last week right we probably continue on the way that we had been continuing on uh and and that's really, you know, to the detriment uh, overall of, of the Steelers. I mean, the D, you, you said that it looked like that they were having a, having a lot of fun. I thought Najee Harris, part of the reason he ran so hard was he was kind of a freed man. I mean, you, you saw his press conference after the Cleveland game last week. He just seemed like a guy dying to speak his mind who, who knew that he couldn't. Um, you know, the, the, the offense had no three and outs on Sunday uh, against Cincinnati, right? When, when they're, when they're not, you know, when they're, when they're moving the ball and the defense can, can get a rest and, and get their, their heads together and, and talk about what they want to do on the next series and not have to constantly go back out there after another quick three and out, then obviously, man, that they they feel a lot better about their chances. So it's easy to see how the defense got behind the offense. Uh, against Cincinnati, right? And I, and I know, again, we go back to the fact that Steelers only scored 16 points, and, and that's a problem for another day. But when, you're, when, when, when the defense has confidence in the offense, then the defense can play it a little more freely as well. And, and it, you sort of got the sense that even though the Steelers weren't scoring points, the way they were playing was inspiring some confidence in the defense as well. Well, when you're in victory formation and you don't have to be going for it, that's a, that's a good thing. You know, it's a shame that Najee Harris ended up with only 99 yards. He had a hundred at one point and he lost a yard towards the end. And because of George Pickens heads up play on the onside kick, the Najee Harris didn't get it, but you'd much rather have them in victory formation right after the two minute warning than worry about Najee Harris getting the century mark. Nobody cared about that. I don't think Najee Harris would care about that at that point either. It's just another stat. So it was nice to see them doing what they were doing. 
it was nice to see the the defense in there as well. We pretty much talked about everything we want to talk about on offense. Is that correct? Or is there anything on offense you want to bring up? No, man. I, I mean, I, one more thing. real. <clears throat> well, I'll, I'll say two things real quick. One, I really liked how they used Allen Robinson. Uh, they, they did a nice job motioning him around and using him in a variety of roles. At one point, he lined up as a fullback, and then he motioned out to a wing. And then on the snap, he came under the formation and out into the backside flat on a play-action pass, and Pickett hit him for an 11-yard gain on a first down play. And I thought, man, that's a really creative design because they're making the defense account for him in, in several different spots. And then, you know, he, he turned out to be the lead blocker on Najee Harris's touchdown run. He motioned across and kind of led up on the safety. So, you know, his, his value as an experienced player with good size who can, who can uh, you know, occupy a bunch of different roles, uh, I thought they really maximized that. And then the other thing I liked was there were a couple of times where you saw Najee Harris and Jalen Warren on the field together. And that was great to see because, you, you know, both those guys are, are being very, very productive. So let's get the best playmakers on the field together. And, and they did a little bit of that as well. So I, it feels like now, you know, that was the tip of the iceberg, man. And they got, uh, they got a lot they can build off of from there. Okay. This is the segment that I love. It's the segment that of the show where I say, I point out somewhere where I was wrong. And last week I said, you know, if something happened that you would fire Matt Canada, not thinking they were going to, but if you do fire Matt Canada, if he's gone, then you're, there's going to be another scapegoat. Well, Kenny Pickett couldn't be a scape, scapegoat today. Uh, so I figured it would go straight on to Terrell Austin and the defense. Even though the defense looked decent against Cleveland, the way that game ended was just rough. The defense was almost perfect today in all facets of the game, what did you see on defense that made a big difference here? And, and not the fact that it was a rookie quarterback because we saw what a rookie quarterback could do when he schemed right last week. Yeah. You know, I, I felt as though the Steelers never allowed the Bengals to get very uh, anything going on offense. Or, I mean, Jake Browning, that they put him under a lot of pressure. I mean, he ended up throwing for 227 yards, but it didn't feel like nearly as many. Um, they they kept the ground game uh, in check. I mean, Joe Mixon has hurt the Steelers at times in the past. Uh, in the past, he had 16 rushing yards. Man, Landon Roberts, boy, that guy's been a dude for the Steelers, right? He had 15 tackles last week, 10 more tackles this week. He just has really stepped up in the absence uh, of Cole Holcomb and. Juan Alexander, and then Michael Walker, man. I mean, that, that guy's been with the Steelers a hot minute, and they throw him into the starting lineup. He had nine tackles on Sunday. And then, of course, T.J. Watt with his uh, totally we-take-it-for-granted two-sack performance, you know, like just just a ho-hum, another, another two sacks for T.J. Watt. And then Trenton Thompson with five tackles and, and uh, an interception. I mean, just, I don't know, you know, they're getting contributions from guys that are, you know, expected the TJ Watts and the Cam Hayward. He had a sack, but then they're, they're getting them from other guys, right? I mean, Walker and, and Thompson and just, you know, some of these Nick Herbig with a sack, you know, it just feels as though the next man up mentality is really taken hold with that defense. They've, they're, they're, they've been gutted 
to a degree by injuries and yet the, the play hasn't fallen off at all. And, and that's, you know, just a testament to the culture there, man. Everybody is anticipate or is expected to step in and the level of play shouldn't decline. And it really hasn't. Cam looked like vintage Cam today as well. And Keanu Benton looks like the next superstar on that line. Yeah, I've been saying Stefan to it 2.0 all year, man. He that's that's who he reminds me of. And he he you can see that his confidence growing. And you know, I mean, he's starting to steal reps away from some of those other veterans up front. And uh uh, you know, it will eventually Cam Hayward will move on, right? And and I don't know if it'll be after this year or if he's got another year in him, but it certainly feels like they've got a new Cam Hayward in uh, in Benton. Definitely, and then you got to talk about another OG and another young buck. And that's the guys that we want to talk about. There are Patrick Peterson and Joey Porter jr. Good games by both of those gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, Joey, Joey Porter jr. Has quickly emerged as like, I got, you know, give me, give me the other team's best receiver. I mean, Jamar chase had had four catches for 81 yards, but you know, outside of a, you know, that one long one down the middle of the field, like it never felt like he was a factor in the game. And, uh, and, you know, Joey Porter and uh, Peterson both hounded him, but it just feels like, like Joey Porter right now is a CB one. Uh, and the Steelers just like, they haven't had that guy in a while, you know, and they certainly haven't had a guy like who, who looks like Joey Porter long and athletic and a guy who's physical and just, he just has a presence out there, you know, it, it feels like it won't be long before teams are going to be, are, are just going to stop throwing to his side. Anything else with the defense? Just again, you know, if the Steelers can continue to hold teams to 10, 15, you know, below 20 points a game, they're going to win a lot of football games. Now, obviously when you get up against, you know, teams like Buffalo, Kansas city, I mean, Buffalo might not even make the playoffs now, but they put 35 or 34 points up on the Eagles on Sunday, you get up against the better teams. You're going to have to score more points. I mean, the Steelers have been feasting. The defense has been feasting on some backup quarterbacks and they've been holding them to some small production. But when they, when they really do hit the better teams, uh, they're going to have to score more points. It can't rely on the defense to hold offenses to 10 points. But what we saw today from both sides of the ball gives you some hope that, you know, they can hang with some of those better teams. You know, hopefully they take care of business over the next few weeks against some of the, the weaker teams on the schedule. And when they have an opportunity to play some of the better teams, right, they'll be where they need to be. That today gave you – or Sunday gave you hope that, that that will happen. Absolutely. I think it's time for Dude of the Week. And really, I don't think this is a hard one again this <laughs> week. We have not discussed it, but I have a feeling if we said one, two, three – go it's going to end up jinx buy me a coke so i'm just going to let you say it and i'll be honest whether i was going to say that guy or not i don't know if i have the same people you do but i have two okay i got mike sullivan and eddie faulkner man i got mike sullivan and eddie faulkner whoa okay i was wrong (laughs) yeah Yeah, i i love it yeah i absolutely love that tell us why i just i mean the, the way that they were able to sort of take the mantle uh, on short notice, implement a game plan that the Steelers could execute really effectively. Uh, you know, a couple mistakes there that that where they hurt themselves, but for the most part, they they ran through that game plan 
uh, about as efficiently as they have in a long time. And the best part was Kenny Pickett looked comfortable and confident. And if you can get Kenny Pickett comfortable and confident, uh, then this Steelers offense takes on a whole nother dimension, man. So just, I thought tremendous job by those guys in their, in their first opportunity to, to run the offense. I love the fact that you did not see Kenny Pickett without Mike Sullivan in that bright yellow jacket, that bright, excuse me, gold jacket. You didn't see him without one another. And that was great. There was constant coaching. Then you saw Eddie Faulkner with the running backs as well. And so that, that had a lot to do with it. I mean, sure. They're still doing their job, but when they're not answering to somebody else and they're collectively putting the, putting it together, that's you're gonna it's gonna breed success. So I'm I'm pretty thrilled with uh your answer there, but I would be remiss if I didn't say Muth. Yeah, what a what a great day day he had. It was so uh so nice to see him be a factor again. He's a great choice for sure. Why 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 do you got him? It's just because he Kenny Pickett's been screaming to call his number for a long, long time. That's something that we talked about in September. Uh, you know, when we get buzz and intel, that's one of those things he's been wanting to use Muth. And when he gets an opportunity to do that, it's magic and it opens up for everybody else because then you can go ahead and throw the ball to guys like Pickens and Deontay Johnson and Allen Robinson and you you can spread it around. And it just felt like, having Muth back was a little bit of a more of a security blanket than what he gets in. He has a great security blanket in Allen Robinson, but it's really nice to have Muth there for him. Uh, just a great game. And it's nice to see that guy because he was being ignored. Yeah. I mean, being ignored and uh, between that and the injury and just the, you know, again, he's such a valuable tool in the middle of the field. So, again, if the Steelers can throw more to the middle of the field, uh, it, it opens up everything else. And I, th I think their ability, you know, one thing you saw was uh, they got Cincinnati out of that cover, too, by being able to hit those two balls deep down the middle. And then the Bengals went into more of like a single high look, and the Steelers were able then to get Johnson and Pickens singled up one-on-one -on -one outside and take advantage of that. So, you know, when, when you when you demonstrate that you're unwilling to attack a certain part of the field, uh, the defense doesn't have to worry about it. And and the Steelers made Cincinnati defend the entire field on Sunday. And Fryermuth was a huge part of that. The offensive game plan is a lot less stubborn right now. And that's one of the better ways to put it as well. So it's time to get on out of here, Kevin. Thank you so much. We will be talking again next week after the Arizona Cardinals. Come to Acrisure Stadium, and hopefully the Pittsburgh Steelers give me a birthday gift because that is my birthday, December 3rd. I'm not going to the game. I tried to for my birthday, but I'm going to uh, stick around and record a show with you instead. Duh, perfect, man. 39 years old. Congratulations. Bro. Uh, yeah, still younger <laughs> than you, though. Um, and you're 39 and a half. That's so. exactly right. <laughs> all right, it's time to get on out of here. Remember, Fans First Sports Network for all of your sports needs. But if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you know, sure, check out all the other shows. You're going to love them. You're going to love to hear what the opposition is saying. But come on, it's right here, Steel Curtain Network, where you're getting everything Pittsburgh Steelers, and you're getting 
really good information from so many different thought processes. So check us all out here on SCN. Coming up later on today, I'm going to say Tuesday, you're going to have The Fix, then The Scobro Show, and then another episode of Let's Ride tomorrow morning. So make sure you stick with us. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. He's Kevin Smith. We ask you to keep your feet on the ground. And keep reaching for those hypocycloids.